Well, as Gary comes now to bring your word, we just ask you to bless him. May his words be your words and give us hearts to understand the message that you have for us now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Morning. Please be seated. Now, I kind of was going to start with, I've had a bad week, but it doesn't pale, it pales into insignificant in comparison with uh, Tony and Jennifer. Uh, and so, who am I to say I've had a bad week? But the one thing that's kept me going through the course of this week is my love of a comedian by the name of Michael McIntyre. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have, uh, have come across him. And um, there's uh, a couple of... Um, am I ready to go? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, there's a couple of sketches that I particularly um, have an affinity with. And the one about the man cupboard rings a bell with me. The man drawer. The man drawer. And then so there's two things in my house that I'm allowed to, to be in control of. And one of them is in our house, we don't have a man drawer. We have a man cupboard. Yeah. And everything under the sun that anyone could possibly want is in the man there are batteries yeah. of every shape and size, triple A, double A, um, the big round ones that you never ever use, the, the big flat square ones. And if you ever need to hang a picture up, I have hanging um, little picture hooks. I have um, the command strips that you can put on there. I even have blue tack. Blue tack in different colours and shades. <laughs> you come to me, I'm head of blue tack. <laughs> and the other thing that I'm allowed to have control of, the only other thing, we share so many things, we share them, but the one thing that I'm allowed to have control of is when we go on holiday, I am the one permitted to load the car. <laughs> and this is very much looking like our car going on holiday. So as you know, we have a dog. And so the very first thing that has to go into the, uh, into the car is Numa's cage. And that takes up a massive amount of room in the first place. There's only two of us can go on holiday. There's, the back seats have to, uh, to go down. And then I'm given suitcase number one and suitcase number two. All is well in the world. And then suddenly suitcase number three appears. <laughs> and of course, when you get to, to my age, you can never have a good night's sleep unless you take your bedding with you. And so there are pillows and there are duvets and, 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 and various other bits. And of course, after that first good night's sleep in your new place, um, you're just getting to terms with it. Well, okay, we've become kind of like coffee snobs. And so, no, we can't take a jar of coffee on holiday. No, we have to we have to pack our coffee machine. And so the coffee machine goes with us. And of course, 
this four or five days worth of shopping, built like there's a Sainsbury's or a Tesco's where we're going, we have to take it with us. And of course, in the, um, in the brochure, it says free Wi-Fi. So the laptop has to go and the <laughs> iPad and the, uh, the phones and all the associated cables. And of course, because it's a holiday, we're going to take a book or two, ones that haven't been read. So six or seven books come along <laughs> and have to be put into the... And, of course, by the end of the holiday, none of these books have ever been read. Yes. <laughs> and because some of them are actually teaching books, we have to take our journals and our pens and our rulers and our highlighters. And one thing that I will share with you that has not been shared by me previously is that when the Wilsons go on holiday, it always rains. So please do check with us when you're going on holiday and choose to go on a different time to us because we can guarantee rain. However, in our car, there is just enough space that should we have ever made the mistake that it's not going to rain, we have chairs for the beach, we have a windbreak, we have umbrellas, we have everything that you can possibly want. And it's so jam-packed. There is not one ray of sunshine through the bag because every cubic inch is stuffed with something that was necessary for our tri trip. And the car is so stuffed and so overloaded that it looks like the rear end is dragging a little bit. <laughs> And sometimes life's a little bit like that, isn't it? Sometimes I feel overstuffed and overloaded and like my rear end's dragging a little bit because I'm exhausted. But here's what I do know, is that I am not alone. Apparently, according to a survey, seven out of 10 people surveyed that their life was characterized by being busy or very busy. Now, I don't know about you, but the last 10 people out of 10 people that I asked, their lives were busy or very busy. So I didn't need a survey to actually tell me that. So as you can imagine, my confusion when I read the words of Jesus in Matthew 11, when he says to each and every one of us who are busy, he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Doesn't that kind of sound great? He says, come, follow me. Things that I love about the new year is the potential for a fresh start. But what Jesus is offering us here is the, is the chance to start fresh, to start rested.
It's why the title of my message today is Start Fresh, how to live in a rested, um, uh, how to live rested in an exhausting world. What better place to start fresh than the start of God's word? Genesis 1 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And so he goes on uh, day two and day three and day four and day five. God created. He saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning. The fifth day, day six, and it says this in verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening. And there was morning, the sixth day. And God saw all that he had made, but it wasn't good. It was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Genesis 1, the account of the creation of the world, is actually written in the form of a poem. And as you hear it, you can hear the rhythm and repetition of a poem. Because repetition shows us what is important. Repetition shows us what is important. And the repetition in Genesis reveals that he saw that it was good. There was evening. And there was morning, there was evening, and there was morning. Do you notice anything different about that? Because, honestly, I didn't spot it until somebody else pointed it out to me, that there was evening, and then there was morning. But that's not how the day works, is it? The day doesn't start in the evening, it starts in the, in the morning. The first thing that we do in the morning is we turn the alarm clock off, we stumble out of bed, we have a shower, we get dressed, we have breakfast, and, we, um, and, and then we get ready, and then we go out to our work, whatever that might be. There's morning and there's evening. That's how the day works, isn't it? We get up, we go to work. And when we finish with, uh, our work, we rest. 
If we finish everything, we rest. But that's not what God says. He says, there's an evening. Because what God is doing is he's introducing to us an alternative rhythm for our lives, a rhythm that doesn't start with work, a rhythm that starts with rest. Now, I know a number of you have been studying over past months about Sabbath and rest. Jesus says to us, I have a better way to live than this, and that better way is going to start fresh. We're going to start our day with rest, because to rest is to trust what God has already done is enough for us. So I was working on this message at various points last week, set up, sat, sat up at my desk, just a normal desk, uh, laptop in the middle, my daily planner next to me. I love my daily planner because I love writing things down and I like to keep a to-do list mm -hmm. because when I run into a problem, it helps me think and it helps me uh, remember and it helps me to sort things out. You see, this week... I've been distracted by a whole host of issues, things happening, uh, circumstances that change, stuff that didn't, wasn't in the diary, people popping around, everything getting in the way of me writing this message. And so all sorts of negative questions were popping into my mind. What if this is not good enough? What if it doesn't connect with you guys? What if... You don't like it. What if you don't like me? You ever had those sorts of questions pop up in your mind? And while those questions are rolling around in my head, I'm writing all the reasons down that I don't like what, what I'm doing, um, how I'm, I'm crafting it, and, and I'm writing it in my daily planner. And then I flick through my Bible for something that just might be encouraging and affirming in what I'm doing. And I came across this card. My laptop, there's my Bible and that card. And it says, in that moment, you are loved. And on the back, it says, Jeremiah 31.3, I've never quit loving you. And I never will. Then it struck me. And my Father in heaven loves me so much. I speak about this week after week. And yet, it needs to uh, strike me again. And here I am in the middle of striving to craft the right words for this message. Striving so hard for something that he's already <laughs> freely given to me. And it makes me wonder... How many of us are trying so hard to win something that's already been freely given to us? Matthew 3 has one of my favourite stories about Jesus, and here's what it says. As soon as Jesus 
was baptized. He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And what makes this story so powerful for me is where it is in the gospel. It's in Matthew 3. So it's the story that we have as Jesus as an adult. And you've got the Father saying to God, the Son, you are my Son, whom I love. And I am well pleased. I delight in you. Before he had done anything. Why? Because God loved him. Not God loved him because. Because God loved him. And if you are in Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, the same is true for you. God loves you. Not he loves you because. He loves you, which means this. God's to-done list, what he's done for us. God's to-done list is more important than our to-do list. If you're a follower of Jesus, here's what God has done for you. Here's what God has done for you before you even get out of bed in the morning. God created you. He looked upon you before anything had been done. And he said that you were very good. God created you. He saved you. He went to the cross to pay a payment that you couldn't pay. God created you, God saved you, he healed you, he adopted you, he comforted you, he called you, he gifted you, he goes before you and he is with you. God's to done list. What he's done for you is more important than our to-do list that you will do today. Which means this. Maybe, just maybe, because of God's to-done list, we can put down our to-do list just for a minute and rest, trusting that what he has done is enough. Maybe some of you re may recall that when we started this, this mini-series, um, the first week we did something called Words to Live By. And, and some of you may remember that I put my Words to Live By at the beginning of, um, of my Bible. It's pasted in there. <coughs> and then as I was preparing, it just reminded me of this statement that I pasted in the front of my Bible. My value 
is not based on what I can do. Oh, Jesus did. Yeah. My value is not based on what I can do, but what Jesus has already done for me. Jesus says, I have a different rhythm for your life. It's not a rhythm that starts with work. It's a rhythm that starts with rest. Why? Because he's saying, I want you, my people. I want you, my people, he says, to know that before you even get out of bed in the morning, I've already done enough for you. It's a done list is more important than our to-do list. God offers a new rhythm for our life because we are his children. And it starts in the evening and it goes to the morning. It starts with rest and then it sets us up to go out to our work. Rest is what prepares us for work. He created us for it. He's gifted us for it, and he's called us to it. Sometimes I think, or we think, that rest and work are enemies uh, that can't get along with each other. But no, they're meant to be together. It's just that when we get to go to work in the morning, we don't go to work as people who are trying to earn someone's approval. We don't go to work trying to prove to ourselves that we have value. We go to work already in the knowledge that we are working from God's approval. Now, I'm kind of thinking about the way that God's wired me. He may be the kind of guy that says, I like order. I like process. So I was kind of thinking that I may be able to help us with something practical, perhaps a step one, two or three. <coughs> then it's like I had a kind of like a Holy Spirit moment. I said, God, Gary, I've got a better way than that. And he said, don't do the step one, two or three, because if you do, you're kind of removing the gift that I'm giving. And sometimes, and it made me think, because sometimes we have to wrestle with things, don't we? We have to wrestle with, and those guys that have done this um, Sabbath day rest um, um, teaching and training that uh, you've done some time ago, it, it doesn't come easy. We have to wrestle with what is right for the way that God made us as individuals. So I am going to give you something uh, practical, but it's kind of going to be kind of a little, little bit fuzzy because I want you to wrestle with it as we step further into this new year. So what is rest? Rest is bigger and broader than most of us think. Rest is what focuses our mind on the goodness of God. Day seven, it says that God rested. The end of day six was he looked and declared that everything was good. Day seven 
He enjoyed the goodness of his creation. So rest is what focuses us on the goodness of God. So rest can be sleep. Rest can be a worship song that focuses us on the goodness of God. Rest can be a good meal with people that we love. Rest can be spending time in God's word. Rest can be laughing with friends. Rest can be a walk in the outdoors, being reminded of God's goodness. So how do we do that? Well, there's three rhythms that you see in the Bible where God's people start with rest. Number one, a daily rhythm. Maybe for you, it could be opening God's word before you go to bed. Maybe it's opening God's word when you wake up. <coughs> Maybe it's sitting down at dinner and having conversations of some substance with your family. Maybe rest is walking the dog, which I already do, but I'm now spending time in prayer. There's a daily rhythm of rest as followers of Jesus. Number two, there's a, a weekly rhythm of rest. In the Old Testament, they called it the Sabbath. Sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. It was an extended period of time to enjoy the goodness of God, to have fun, to laugh, and to rest. And it's not a coincidence that we have church once a week on the first day of the week. Why? Because it's the easiest and best way for us to establish a rhythm of rest in our lives. As we come to church where we're reminded of the goodness of God, both in our world around us, but also in our individual lives. And number three, we have a seasonal rhythm of rest. In the Old Testament, there are feasts and festivals that happen every single year. Why? Because it, the seasons leads us to rest and enjoy God's goodness because there was a season of work before it and there is a season of work after it. And sometimes life is going to be busy, isn't it? But, but that's kind of okay. Sometimes life is going to be a lot of work. <laughs> That's okay as well, so long as there is rest. We need to put our trust in the fact that God has already done enough for us. So, as we come to a conclusion, here's one thing in 2023. We're all going down the same road, but the question that each of us will have to answer is this. Are we going to be a people who are striving and trying really hard? Or are we going to be the people of God who are massively trusting and knowing that what God has already done is enough? You see what Jesus is saying when he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Is 
He's giving us an invitation. An invitation to a different rhythm of life that doesn't start with work, but starts with rest. A rhythm of life that reminds us of who we are in God and what he has done for us. He's given us an invitation, not just to start fresh this year, but to start fresh in him, evening to morning. And that kind of sounds pretty good to me. How are you going to start your inroads to 2023? Amen. Amen. Why don't we pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much as we step further into 2023. Or thank you that we just step into the beginning of next week. Thank you for the promise that you are with us, that you are for us, and that you love us. As we kind of continue in this attitude and spirit of prayer, I wonder how many of us are trying really hard to say in our minds, you know what, I'm kind of ready for a diff different rhythm of life. Well, I kind of have good news for you. It is available through Jesus. And trusting what he's already done, what's necessary. So if you're ready in this attitude of prayer this morning, and you're ready to start fresh, and as we continue in prayer, why don't you just put up a hand because nobody can see you. If you're ready to start fresh today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you so much that you offer us a different rhythm of life. And our value is not based on what we do, but it's based on what you've already done for us. Would you help us to trust you? Would you help me to trust that what you say about me is true and that what you say about every person here is true? Help us to start with rest, Father. The offer that God gives us for a fresh start isn't just a clean page. It's a new life in Jesus. Today, as you step further into this year, if you're saying, you know what, I'm ready to trust God with my life. I'm ready to receive his grace. I'm ready to receive his forgiveness. I'm ready to receive his mercy. I'm ready to turn from my sins. I'm ready to follow Jesus and put my hope, my trust in him then why don't each of us pray aloud with me? Why don't you repeat after, if you want to, if you want to be part of, of what God's doing in your life and, and, and in, in this place, why don't you repeat after me this prayer? Heavenly Father, 
I'm ready to trust you with my life. Because I know that I have sinned. But I believe that you love me. So you sent Jesus to die for me and to be raised from the grave so that I can have new life. So I give you my life. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. And it's in Jesus' name that all of God's people said together, Amen. 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 Amen.